John the Billy. sounds <laughs> it'll be kind of amusing once you can um just sort of sit down at your virtual drumming seat and then in the virtual world like it's like the matrix and speed's not a factor and shit and then you can actually just play that fucking part live so is a drummer another one of these jobs that's going to get sort of phased out of existence by automation there's just not going to be any drummers in the future you know how certain jobs are just disappearing like call center workers and stuff drummers no more so we're going to go to see like a um a band perform and instead of seeing these cool guys doing shit on stage or girls hmm. um it's just going to be a a row of these people jacked into matrix chairs or whatever and you watch them up on the big screen doing the shit in the virtual world like Woo! Yeah, i suppose so but in a way didn't craft work do that 40 years ago sort of nothing's that impressive these days I don't yeah reckon. like daft punk try and do it yeah, on some metal level yeah what if we're all actually in the matrix though then yeah, I think we've had this discussion. I think, yeah. It's an ongoing <laughs> discussion, I think. Um, you should go back through our episodes. <laughs> if we go off the air, by the way, uh, it might be because there's been some suspicious fucking deep state shadow government activity all above us. Some buzzing Blackhawks fucking buzzing the house for quite a while. Yeah, there has been like four or five, eh? Just in the middle uh, of the, um, the Black Knight. Yeah, the Black Knight. And they, they look pretty... I've seen them twice, which was really dirty. Once in the middle of the day up in a skyscraper. And a fleet of Blackhawks came right over the top of the building. I'm like, what's that noise? Looking out the window over the harbour. And it just comes into my field of view from the top. <laughs> and the other time I was watching it hover about fucking 20 metres over the big freeway at North Sydney or whatever. Just at night. I heard it so much. But apart from one tiny little red light on the back, you can't see it. And I've spotted it just hovering like over all these cars. You can't barely see it, sir. That's sus, man. <laughs> no idea what it was doing. No, just training and shit, I think. For the, like, NWO takeover and stuff. So. <laughs> they're gonna fuck you up man seriously yeah have you checked your letterbox for a little um a little sticker 
I've been checking my letterbox every day since the Unibomber <laughs> fucking started. But um, what's the sticker on the letterbox? Does that mean that you're... Is it like the yellow star for the I Jews? I think it's something it? I just held on to from some YouTube comments somewhere or it might have actually been in some... So does it mean you're lunatic, saved? lunatic conspiracy video. No, no. That <laughs> means you get taken away. I can't remember what colour it was supposed to be. It's like, oh, a yellow sticker or something. I can't remember the colour. But yeah, some, and, you know, those little dots that you yeah. used to get at school kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, little dots. So I pictured that in my head already. Put like a little like coloured dot on your letterbox. And then you're off to the FEMA like, camp. And the different colours, it yeah. would mean that one, you're a good citizen, was one colour. Uh-huh. The, um possibly needs re-education was another color like depending on the fucked up youtube shit that you've been looking at that was like a, a direct <laughs> thing it was saying i think it was a real video uh, you're getting and the black one the third one was yeah like the fema camp straight up go, going away kind of shit yeah. i reckon you'd be straight into the meat grinder the kind of shit you've been looking at fuck they couldn't take any chances of that you know i don't know i think the dod would probably just hire me yeah that's true like you're a black hat hack, hack black hack what truth seeker who becomes a white hat? Well, one. they're like this guy figured it out, but he's still going out buying meat pies and fucking you know using the internet and shit. It's buying like meat pies. He's part of this fucking um system that we created, yeah. and he knows yeah. quite a lot. Huh. Putting all these car crash victims. Sign me up. Yeah, dude, you know the government puts car crash victims into meat pies, right? <laughs> At school, one of my friends said that once. Why he didn't get a pie from the canteen, and it stuck with me. I still eat pies. But he says they're made um of car crash victims, and uh, well, they do look like it. Yeah, they do. And it came into my head because, you know, I've been thinking I, some information about someone I used to go to school with. And back in school, he would, uh, he, he once asked, you know, quite earnestly, like, does, does drinking strawberry milk make you look gay? Right. And <laughs> it seems like he may have had a sex reassignment surgery over the past couple of years to become a woman. So, oh, so there, you, there you go. I won't say any more information than that, but I like strawberry milk. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking faggot. Um, yeah, so, well, I don't know. I grew out of um, being afraid of drinking strawberry milk. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's something a young boy always has to go through, yeah? <laughs> what if I think I look like a poofta? <laughs> um, it's one of those milestones of fucking, you know, adolescence. One, one of the things I vaguely got in trouble for in that mysterious um, thing I brought up a few episodes ago... Uh, was a retelling of that Chelsea Peretti joke about eating bananas or whatever, right? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's like, you don't want to get caught eating a banana when you're a girl in public because it can look pretty phallic. So, sure. And she's like, so what I do? And I think I sort of just changed it around mm-hmm. to be like, this is what you should do kind of thing. All right. <laughs> it's like um, you break it up into pieces and then you smush it up in between your fingers and you lick it out like this so <laughs> that it doesn't look... So it looks too sexual. It doesn't look too sexual, yeah. So wait, is it your joke or Chelsea Peretti's Chelsea joke? Chelsea Peretti's, but then I sort of was like in ha ha, I thought I was in good stead with this um sure. this friend of mine at work that obviously turned out I wasn't. Yeah. And yeah, that, that email came back to um well like that I think I told that joke live as yeah. And that was say. the straw that broke the camel's back. But yeah, that got brought up in my HR meeting as well. And I was like, God damn and like, you know, they're all trying to keep a straight face as well because it is kind of a funny joke. Well maybe oh, should like all these HR people like, you know that's bad and me like, I know it's bad and everyone just trying to like not smile and shit. But that's one of these things that really <laughs> It sort of lives or dies by the delivery, right? How was it a good it was delivery? Great. It, was, it great. was great. It was great. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, I never even thought anything was pe- really wrong at the time because you know sometimes you can put someone off and you still think it's kind of funny and you're not necessarily enemies afterwards kind of thing yeah 
Well, you know, I've said some shit to you that might have rubbed you the wrong way, and haha, it's funny to me, and then you get over it in like an, in a millisecond. Sure. That's what it kind of felt like at the time, but really. Saying like, I look like a uh, lesbian like Hillary Clinton <laughs> on episode this day. That's the only thing you've said in this show that's really got me. So I might file a complaint against you with the podcasting authority. <laughs> so yeah, it, fe- it felt like that, like it was gotten over, but it was like this, ooh, I'm going to hold on to that one in case I need to use it kind of well, shit. not a bad one, but do you want to hear my, my joke? I guess we're spunking the good stuff quite early. but uh, So now you see my perspective a little bit more. It's like I was on trial for jokes a little bit. Sure. So. It's a complicated relationship between <laughs> yourself, comedy, and women. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what life is, right? It all begins with mama. Well, speaking... <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. Do you know apparently Winston Churchill could remember his time in the womb? Oh, fuck. Just before you go on, I fucking have to do this. Sorry, man. All right. But, um... Put it, know, put it away. Stop we, pissing on me. The though. story that I fucking mentioned to you on the last episode that was kind of cracked about Days of Our Lives and everything. Yeah. Um, I was thinking a bit harder about that story and I figured that I might have been a bit uh, ego-driven in trying to remember it properly and stop being like, ooh, it's pre-life and all this shit. Sure. And I think maybe the sexual nature of the... <laughs> You know, the feelings that came up watching Days of Our Lives and stuff and having it feel like a DMT mm. trip at the same time. Mm. I probably was just remembering being in the womb. <laughs> and my mum would have been watching Days of Our Lives all the time, probably getting turned on by this shit on Days of Our Lives and I'm remembering this sexual memory from in the womb. It's so fucking hard. Yeah, oh, dude. But yeah, it, hurt, it almost hurt me to go there when I was, like, thinking about it. But I was like, we have to step back and think of it objectively and that makes more sense than me being like i can remember pre-life it makes more sense that i'm having this dual connected sort of memory to my mum being sexually aroused by days it's fucked up for you that that was like 30 years ago or whatever whereas you know it was only two weeks since i've been up in your mum's womb so i remember (laughs) it quite clearly um but i can understand that yeah you got a long reach Fuck, I don't know if I should say my joke now. It's a bit tasteless. Yeah, especially after that yo mama shit. All right, okay. <laughs> you seem to say these jokes. And as you say, it all comes back to mama, I guess. But, um, <laughs> uh, you, you seem to, well, from what I've gathered, is that delivering jokes on this, when we do it in a sort of a trial, a welcoming, warm environment, it's good to put on a silly American accent and attitude. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to have a go at that, right? Okay. I should have had some candle after for you. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah, 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 it's tough, man, it's tough. Woo! Woo! I mean, uh, my doctor says I've been finger-banging so much I got carnal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> what is it, carnal? Carnal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, that, that definitely goes in the set. Yeah. Yeah, so, word. Yeah, thank you. I don't often give you your props. No, you didn't. Yeah. I have to go dirty to get the laughs. <laughs> Will Smith don't have to cuss to sell records, but I do, man. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but you don't You don't want to know what Will Smith had to do to sell records. <laughs> <laughs> you got pretty jiggy with it, I think. But, um, <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess I've got something sort of... I think he did skin bleaching as well. Yeah? <laughs> That's the African in him. Um... Oh, shit. I don't even know if that's racist. It feels like it. But, well, okay, yeah. let's get back, back to this. Okay, I won't say psychosexual because this is more Un- psycho. Uncle Will. So this is... <laughs> okay, anyway, this is... <laughs> Jada Pinkett fucking... <laughs> fucking... 
Okay, the barber, but... Jada, pinky ring Smith. Okay, I was watching an episode of Cops the other day, right? And they got a call, it was in Boise, Idaho, of a man running out in the street with a gun. And they got there, and it's a white dude, probably about 35. With in like Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho, right? Um, There's a pretty recent one. Uh, a Marine shirt tucked into his pants. And the white guy sort of recognized him, and they're both white, and sort of, he was like, sort of polite to him, but... After a while, the guy keeps jabbering like, yeah, yeah, I'm just out here like being quite friendly. I'm just defending my house because because they're building the cables through there and stuff and just keeps talking. And basically, he's on bath salts, right? <laughs> and his main thing, he's talking sort of lucidly and the cop's talking to him and doesn't really want to get super violent. So he's trying to sort of persuade him that this shit isn't happening. And <clears throat> his main thing was that he, he was talking about the fiber optic cables that were running all under the driveway and back to the house and everything. And it reminded me of what you said the other day, talking about the acid on the last one, of the cogs in the walls. And you're like, oh, you get a peek behind the curtain. And I've only ever had very brief glimpses of like, you know, it's sad, but that but that fiber optic thing, I can sort of see where that comes from. I know from. what he's saying. Yeah, and he's so earnest and shit. But I don't know. I don't think that shit is really the reality behind the curtain. That's sort of some fucked up sub-reality in my, our brain. Or is there no distinction between the two? Like, are there actually these secret cogs behind the universe? Is that you unveiling something by having those hallucinogens? Or is it you just adding your own... <clears throat> oh, man, I don't know. Yeah, but he's not hes not doing it right, you know? No, I'm not talking about the morality of whether it's not right or not. He no, was having the, a good time. The point, oh. is, the point is, though, if you, <clears throat> if you have an experience... Like, because that experience is more in the psychosis realm of drug taking, which I... It's a fine line, though, Yeah, but I it? totally... Like, that's the, the weird part about it, is, like, I... And it's probably taboo to talk about, but I enjoy psychosis to a certain extent. You know, like, yeah. I I remember being way too fucked out off a goey bender when I was probably about <laughs> f- 15 years old with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I'd done acid before that and stuff like that. And mm. it was the first time that, like, I was like, coming down trying to go to sleep, but you can't go to sleep, yeah. right? And I started, like, tripping, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know why. I just assumed it was flashbacks, but it took me a while of, you know, experimenting with that shit to realize that at a certain point with even those stimulants and stuff, you get so sleep-deprived and mm. so, like, wigged out, and mm. you know, it seems like it induces some sort of mm. either drug-induced you know, at least paranoia, but through up to psychosis and then schizophrenia yeah. probably at the worst. Yeah. But I was sitting there in bed looking at this window and it was the middle of the night, like pitch black, but my mind had made it like so that I was looking at this window and for, it felt like hours I was watching it and it looked like the old Windows 95 background with clouds on it, right? Mm-hmm. And it felt like the clouds were all going past the window. So mm. essentially I was like, laying there pretty shitty that I couldn't go to sleep, but amazed that we were flying through the sky in this guy's garage in his backyard kind of thing. Like, oh, this is hectic. And then when the sun eventually came up in the morning, my eyes kind of adjusted and I saw the curtains on the window. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, that sort of shit's happened to me. So it was like really, that was really quite enjoyable and kind of profound. But at the same time, that's more of just like this straight up psychosis kind of experience. Well, Whereas when you're taking the hallucinogenic drugs like DMT or mushrooms or acid or something, if you focus the experience on being about, uh, you know, like reflecting on yourself and trying to become better and do if you make it about that and then you have an experience where you feel like you meet God or something like that, the fact that it feels so real in your mind or in this 
parallel reality when your eyes are closed or even open if you're that dosed up Mm. the fact that it feels like it's real like no one can ever like say whether it is or not but it's essentially the same experience as if it was real so what do we take to this is that inescapably madness is the true form of the human condition from from my fucking scribblings and stupid yeah stupid thinking it seems like pure consciousness is far more insane and schizophrenic than our whittled down self or whatever and it seems like insanity consciousness is more godly yeah but we don't understand i was just about to say it's disconcerting it's disconcerting when you look at charles manson and you think that he's closer to god than i am yeah yeah (laughs) and someone with multiple personalities like they're closer to god because like it's more of a mind state of not having a self it's just everything yeah well we're all sinners i guess (laughs) <laughs> that's why dr- drug-induced schizophrenia is like cool. the last thing. Everybody go do it. <laughs> that's the last get thing on you want to get caught out in public as because they can... Cuff you up. Yeah, cuff you up, dose you up for a long time and say you've got this drug-induced schizophrenia when really everyone has the potential to relapse into a fucking, you know, well, earlier state of consciousness where they weren't just one person. I was know? thinking that's true, but in a way, I think when we look at it broadly, like... It sounds sort of dramatic and gay to say, but modern society is sort of this one constant form of mass psychosis. And I was thinking about this in terms of... I mean, there's obviously so many things we've evolved for that uh, either don't really matter that much these days or are maladaptive to us. But one of the biggest ones I was thinking that's only really come along in the last hundred or a couple of hundred years is just the fact that we've conquered the day-night thing. Yeah. And also conquered the seasons. Whereas life used to be way more kind of... I mean, I know this is all obvious, but kept to that. And that's how, you know, that's how people live primitively. That's what we sort of evolved to do. Having these 24-hour societies and constant air conditioning and everything like that. Not to mention the mass media going... We can't really kind of... uh, I don't know. That's sort of psychosis in itself. When I watch the news or the babbling of a crowd in a crowded place, that that influence of the modern man, he's not evolved to do that. Yeah, fuck... It's almost like that tribalism and the stuff that we abhor so much is way more natural than our fucking prudish wound up like, oh, like the <coughs> Louis C.K., like, I want to die yeah, all peacefully yeah, and shit, you yeah. know, like, it's such an obnoxious, like, I don't know, maybe that's why we all think that we're going to, like, you know, we've dethroned God and like, we're yeah, going to we become have, the right? next thing and all yeah. this shit because, oh, we're not, we're not animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're not animals, yeah. There's a yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that going on, I think. <laughs> That's basically all that Nietzsche was on, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not even on this like huge metaphysical thing. It's just the fact that people are smart enough in the 18th century that the previous fairy tales don't sit to the same yeah. extent that they do anymore. And now We're just, free yeah. thinking has sort of like yeah. delegitimized being able to put more fairy yeah, tales. Yeah, we're all going to get conquered by Islam. <laughs> like... <laughs> Nietzsche saw it coming. Yeah. Nietzsche saw it coming. <laughs> Sorry, said Nietzsche. Have I been? Uh, no, I only fucking you know, Nietzsche. 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 I think people actually pronounce the moustache guy. Yeah. The moustache. I don't know. Every nineteenth century guy's <laughs> fucking moustache guy. I bet you he had a penny farthing. I don't think so. The bi- <laughs> I found out about this recently. The bicycle was invented more recently than one might expect. Like, you well, know, late twenties or something. Uh, maybe even a bit earlier than that, but I don't know. It seemed like one of the things that was sort of always there, <laughs> you know, in a way. The fact that, like, you could have gone back to, like, 1860 or whatever and been like, look at this two-wheeled thing, and people are like, whoa, that's a bicycle. 
<laughs> so wouldn't that have become obvious to people not long after they invented the wheel? You know, <laughs> uh, it's a bit more complex than that. I I want to go along with it, but yeah, yeah. I guess they needed like the wheels fucking sweet, but there's some engineering kind of shit that I guess probably took a while to figure out, like you know, axles and fucking spinning, fucking bearings and all that kind of shit, but. Essentially, you're right. Like, once you figure that shit out, you can just sort of stick a stick in the middle of it. But... Yeah, right. Fuck. Well, the Incas had a massive empire and they never invented the wheel. Which, the wheel would have been quite useless because they were, had this big fucking Andes mountain thing. So, their roads were all little foot trails <laughs> and shit. And they invented it without that. <laughs> and then the Spaniards came over with the guns and the horses. Oh, but they had shrooms, though. Yeah, they had shrooms and they had... The Incans actually had also a rudimentary form of brain surgery. The skulls they've uncovered. Some of them have little marks in them, but for like relieving pressure on the brain. But like digging out a little bit. Ancient Incans. So yeah, even if if it was just to the extent of like they knew that if you got a massive brain injury that you were kind of fucked and if they cracked open your skull, you might not be as fucked. But it's interesting because the Incas were sort of progressing with some stuff like that before the Spaniards came over and sort of everything changed. I would really like to see an alternate history. Imagine where, like, these Incans discovered steam and shit on their own. (laughs) Some steam mine fucking shit. Anyway, like Napoleon said, the family is the intermediary between the individual and the cosmos. Just remember that, so... Big up to all our family. Yeah, fuck yeah. Is that yours? No, it's Napoleon. <laughs> oh, it's Napoleon. Yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> that is pretty hardcore. Yeah, he was always... What the fuck it. was he reading? I don't think he was reading. That was part of his success. He just fucking did shit. Actually, he listened. <laughs> that's not true, because Stalin read constantly, and he did a bunch of shit, too. <laughs> um, speaking of getting done, shit done, did you have nuggeting when you were at school? Uh, we did, but I think it came later. It was almost like we got nuggeting after your you was already doing yeah it became epidemic in our in our year yeah. um just uh, i won't go on about it but it's the art you know you can still do it to people these days i think maybe it happened a bit but when it yeah. went through your year it yeah. became bigger in our year yeah. if there's a backpack unattended by someone you take everything out of it turn the backpack inside out put the stuff back in and zip, and it, zip up. it up inside so out. all <laughs> the straps are on the insides but basically looks like a nugget right and it reached epidemic proportions it was like a virus that just spread like you i think when we did that our hsc like every yeah. one of our bags in one of our exams we came out and all our bags were just all nuggeted because they wouldn't let you take it into the exam uh, i think a certain rapper <laughs> we know might have had something to do with that actually yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't part it Put it past Mr. F. <laughs> F when he gets out of prison. Um, but it got to the point that, like, on the 10-minute bus ride to the station, a kid with a bag near his feet, it would get, like, passed along by a community, like a spontaneously forming mob of nuggeters <laughs> to pass it down the back of the bus, nugget all the stuff in it and put it back in. And, of course, all this terminology arose. Like, it was, like, popping popping their cherry. Like, there were virgin, ba- <laughs> virgin bags and, like... Some kids really jealously guarded them and it took ages to get them, especially the big stiff like surf company bags that are like <laughs> oblong sort of things. Um, and descended into like nuggeting people's lunch as well too. Like taking their lunchbox out, putting shit on top of it. Occasionally once even taking the sandwich they've got and turning it inside out. It's like the hams on the outside, wrapping it back in cling foil. <clears throat> so nuggeting. It was pretty good fun. Yeah, it was good pre nine eleven fun, you know. Yeah, that shit. Because since then, you can't turn a bag inside out without getting fucking arrested. Yeah, exactly. You can't fucking <laughs> drop a nugget in this town without someone fucking busting it. <laughs> <coughs> 
Anyway, I thought that'd be fun for people to try. <laughs> hey, you know what a pretty disappointing movie is? The Devil's Advocate. I watched oh, it again really? the other day. You didn't like it? No, I watched it the first time and I was like, yeah, this is cool. And I watched it again the other day. And Al Pacino's performance. Like, I, I'll watch Keanu <laughs> till the cows come home. You know, I like him. But Al Pacino is such a fucking content. 21st century, baby. Like, the final 20 <laughs> minutes is him doing this big spiel, trying to convince them. It's like stockbrokers, mergers and acquisitions. Never has there been a better time for us to be alive. As all this like satanic shit's happening. And it's it's unbearable sort of. <laughs> yeah, I think I was um, adolescent enough when I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I, I loved it the first time. Horny for the girls and mm. just like, yeah, this is a crazy weird movie. Yeah, Charlize Theron getting fucked by Al Pacino's fucking spirit ghost and stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fucked up movie. Um, him as this southern kind of boy. Judge, objection, your honor. Um, but we saw, I guess, on Keanu Reeves' note, we saw the new Point Break. <laughs> uh, the um, the wingsuiting scene mm-hmm. was fucking epic. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, it was a cool sh- shot because that was filmed for real. I'm, <coughs> I'm pretty sure, and they were basically skimming the ground a couple of times. It was scary shit. Yeah, some of the the surfing looked fake. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure it was. But the plot... A lot I, of it looked real. How can Hollywood do that and just be like, oh, Point Break, it's a classic movie. Let's just take anything that was fun about it in terms of the dialogue. Like, yeah, the action scenes were cool, yeah. but and just strip it away. Like the yeah, guy that- everything that I'm recounting is just one of their set pieces that yeah. is like a GoPro video. Yeah, exactly. You can watch and that, that's the cool shit in the movie. And the guy they replaced Gary Busey with is this British fuck. And, like, the American, like, leader guy's like, yeah, you'll be assigned to this guy. <laughs> he's an acquired taste. Yeah, and in the he's original the most movie. boring old yeah. English motherfucker. Never saying anything funny. Never getting involved. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, he was horrendous. He was one of the, um, if you were comparing them, he was like one of the worst parts of the comparison. It was like Gary Busey comes along as a supporting actor mm-hmm. and almost st- steals a whole bunch of scenes because he's like so funny and shit. Yeah. And then um, you kind of get, you get pretty invested in him and then you're sad like when he dies at the end of the first one. This one, I can't even remember if he died at the end. I don't think he died. I've forgot, forgotten the movie. And, um... You just you don't give a fuck about Pappas. They made him English, and he's just some <laughs> random guy that sort of is like, I don't know. The rela- they didn't put any time into any of the relationships for you yeah. to give a fuck about. Like, and they shot it like an episode of CSI. Yeah, yeah. like Bodie in Utah, whose name isn't even Utah. That's his nickname, <laughs> Utah. They their relationship is probably one of the strongest ones in the thing, and that doesn't even really make enough sense for them to be hanging out as much as they are. Mm-hmm. They don't even really seem like they should be. And then in the first one, Laurie Petty gets kind of introduced as a way to get into the crew and, like, she makes sense in the movie, becomes his love interest, and you're sort of invested in her character or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the new one, he's surfing out at, like... I think they said it's off the coast of France, but it looks like they filmed it at Chopu. And then... He, like, bangs a girl on a yacht, mm. and then she shows up, like, three scenes later, yeah. and then you're like, oh, it's his girlfriend yeah. now. So it's just, like, yeah. it just, like, seemed like it was a slut on a yacht kind of thing. And, then, <laughs> and she had, like, a, a weird South American accent for a bit, and then yeah, just started Aussie, speaking right? Aussie for like the rest of the movie. Aussie. It was like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. Like it's when a, she's in France, she's Brazilian. It's hard for us to sort of describe, like, the yeah, disappointment. You should watch part, it but. just so that you can tell what the fuck it's like. Oh, it's hard to even explain, yeah, the, yeah. the depths of the insanity. Hard to explain. Well, while we're on it, hard to explain the depths of insanity. Sometimes, you know, 
I think the feature I called, like, what was up with that? It was, like, the guy drinking beer from the gutter, the cyclist poking barefooted through kind of leaves in the gutter as well. Um, and I saw today, it was just, like, a chain link, fen- fen- chain link fence next to a youth centre near a PCYC near me. Just as a side note, there's a tiny bit of graffiti up the road that says, <laughs> fuck PCYC. It just always makes me laugh. It's on the wall. But anyway, there's this chain link fence next to, like, a tennis court. And I walked back today and there was like a Campos coffee cup, you know, like this, like just mm. a styrofoam cup that someone had jammed into one of the little diamonds in the chain link fence, right? Yeah. Like I finished and put it in there. And people say, like, you know, I see economists and stuff saying humans are rational animals and stuff, but what is rational about doing that? What do you reckon was the thought process of the person? What I was thinking is... Jamming the cup in the fence. Jamming the cup in the fence, yeah. It's just that baby, baby memory of, you know, smashing the blocks in the hole kind of thing. <laughs> You reckon I could do that? No, it's something sort of primal and stuff. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I was thinking that they sort of want to litter because obviously, obviously we're not dealing with like model citizens here, you know. So they don't want they don't want to litter though. So instead, they think that somehow it's not littering as much because it hasn't touched the ground and it's stuck in the fence. It's sort of a more ethical form. It doesn't seem as dirty ethically and sort of environmentally as just throwing your thing on the floor. Yeah, I think there's. Um... <coughs> I think there's a lot of nuance to personal sense of humour. Because <laughs> I've done some stupid shit before. Like I'm sure I'm probably the guy sticking the coffee cup in the um, yeah, in the tennis fucking yeah, tennis courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. done some shit like that, and honestly, a lot of the time it was probably because I was like a bit drunk, mm. and you think it's funny. In primary school, in a science experiment... And it's not funny at all. In a, yeah. in a science experiment, I drank a little bit of hydrochloric acid to prove that it was water on a bet with my friend. You burn your tongue? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's how um, <coughs> bodybuilders would take hydrochloric acid pills yeah. to help digest their That's food cool. and shit. That's cool. <laughs> they threatened not to let me go to Wonderland, but I went. <laughs> oh, man, but that's life, I guess, huh? I... I've been watching a bit of The Sopranos because I've been watching it with my girlfriend recently. She hasn't seen it. Um, and it's great. It gets you, when you just watch episodes of it, it gets you like locked in that world. But it's cool when Tony like throws a fit and doesn't go to a therapist for a while, he sort of takes out these existential questions on everyone else around him <laughs> instead of it. And I'm like, oh, I picked that up. And I think that's what the mic does here. <laughs> but don't start a podcast out there because fuck, we don't need any more competition. <laughs> I think podcasting jobs are going to be automated before too long. Well, speaking of mob shit, um, I actually went and watched uh, The Godfather the other day. How do you enjoy that? It it was pretty good. Yeah. I like uh, I did like the depth of the story and how it's like this, li- you know, compared to movies now. Yeah. But watching it from the point of view of like ah, oh, like into movies now, right? Yeah. Compared compared to movies now, it uh it felt like I was watching a book. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can see. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> it was so fucked up. Yeah, and I felt really bad at the end because I was like, "That was great," mm. but like you know, this new fucking like cyber ADD society sure. is just like you know, yeah, that was cool, <laughs> and it was awesome. You know, like it I don't was know. I awesome, find the Godfather. I, t- I know old movies I struggle with, but I find for one for an old movie, it was good. Like it was really good. But <clears> it's just like I found it quite contemporary, actually. A lot of it. It is slower. You're right and stuff. Um, but I don't know. They. I don't know. Is it? I know what you mean though. But movies these days, you don't even really need to watch them. You know. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Go Just see the trailer. Yeah, see the trailer. They while, tell at the end and shit. While you're looking at shit on your phone. It's all there. <laughs> Fuck it. It's all just fucking digital noise, right? <clears throat> man, this fucking... This digital noise, man. I swear, what's the deal with it? Yeah, busting people for stealing digital media and stuff is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get the morality behind it, but seriously, that's like vice police kind of shit. Well, it's all just empty threats, really. What are they going to do? Put us all in prison? We'll all be on there, like, tweeting, I am Spartacus, you know? Yeah, everybody, everybody tweeting the government until they get so many tweets. They'll be like, there's so many internet Spartacuses. We've got to shut this down. It's because they still monopolize the way that we receive our digital media, I guess, because yeah. music has dealt with that shit already mm. in a weird way. The media's dealt with it in a crazy way. Like, I've liked it since I was a kid. If The model we have now of what sets the agenda on the media, you try to describe to someone back in the day. You're like what yeah yeah it's fucking it used to be like established <laughs> yeah it used to be actual like sources it's like oh this is a trusted source if yeah if you uh went back and gave like the front page of one of our yeah. australian news websites mm. or something and all the stories off it mm. to like a paper from the 70s yeah or well, like you, 80s even yeah yeah They'd probably be like, mm, like 20% of this can go on. Fuck, I was just thinking if you took The Guardian back in time, because it was really old, took it back to the 1860s, with like, oh, all these articles about manspreading and shit. They'd be like, what the fuck? But then I'm like, oh, they were like prudish Victorians back then, and it would have been just the same shit, but framed in this like, oh, Christian suffragette way. And then you just think, fuck, it's just this, this same prudery. It doesn't even matter. It's all just gone like dust in the wind. Just outlets for outrage. <laughs> outlets for outrage. To name my new band. <laughs> I think Fred Dusk is going to be the singer. Yeah, he's going to be involved. Yeah. Fuck, I'm thinking we need. Oh. It's all about the he said, she said bullshit. I'd like to also put in the rapper guy from Linkin Park and then watch fucking Fred Durst beat the shit out of him on stage as well. Yeah, you know I can rap because I got the backwards hat. When I come on the mic, I'm ready to attack. I'm the limp biscuit guy and I got it like that. Cause when I rap, it's like fat. So yeah. Okay, fuck Mary Kill, Limp Biscuit, the fucking rapper Mike Shinoji or whatever from Lincoln Park, or the thing that the rapper from Crazy Town. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. <laughs> fuck Mary Kill. Because <coughs> Durst, he's got passion, even yeah. if he's a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? He's got passion. He has no compassion. He'd be a good route. Okay. I'll yeah. fuck, yeah, fuck, fuck Durst. Fuck Durst, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want... To, who's the other guy? This is a pretty Mark. tough choice, yeah. I don't know if I want to marry him. Like, yeah, yeah, do you want to <laughs> play with me? You can do me from behind. Like, my whole me. You like how I'm getting his flow heaps tight? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I try... I fuck so hard. Fuck, in the end. It's the same thing. I fuck so hard. So who is, who is it left with? It's, uh, it's him or Crazy Town. Oh, Crazy Town. Oh, I'm married Crazy Town. He got his tattoos lasered off so he looks pretty again. Fuck, girl. You and me's like Sid and Nancy. That's a good line, <laughs> huh? So you'd kill, you'd kill him? Then ma- who would you marry? <laughs> Jesus, this is a rough choice. Mar- marry Crazy Town and kill, um, kill Lincoln Park. Married to the Crazy Town guy. That's a rough deal, man. Fuck. Yeah, but you know he's a bottom. where is that link that little um is it lincoln park yeah Mm. he probably thinks that he could still fuck you a little bit well speaking of that note do you know that a domestic servant in the you can fuck me but you gotta suck my dick 
Speaking of that, do you know a domestic <laughs> servant in the Netherlands is known as a workster? W-E-R-K-S-T-E-R. I'm like, that's a pretty good word. A workster. A workster. we got to get a workster in. And then I imagine these Afrikaans-speaking South Africans using it as like a, a substitute word. Yeah. Give me, <laughs> give me a couple of fucking waxters in here. <laughs> Man, that is a, that's a passionate accent. Fuck yeah, we should make that a new racial term. What, waxter? Waxter. <laughs> that sounds so dirty. You fucking waxter. Hey, I find... <laughs> Hey, speaking of that... Sounds I'm, like someone from Wagstaff. From Wagstaff. I found out a bit more about my family, and I didn't realize this, but the first ones in Australia, which was way back on my mum's side, was the union of Irish and German immigrants back in the 18, <laughs> 1830s. Um, one of them, I think, or one of the kids from there lived up in, like, yeah, the 1830s up past Maitland, had eight kids, and then came back to the rocks and died of alcoholism. Fuck. It's German-Irish shit. I'm like, that's why I'm like Bruce, Sting, uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's, no, he's fucking Irish and Italian. Oh, I don't know what I am. No, that's a good story. It sounds like that motherfucker lived. Yeah. Like Probably it. resulted in me, so. Good work, <laughs> good work Australia. Who's got the light? Speak, it, speaks kilom- <laughs> it speaks kilometers for Australia. No, I think I just stole one of Uncle Bomb's songs. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. Are we ever going to hear anything from Uncle Bomb? He's a bit of a fucking Uncle Bomb, huh? How's it go? Who wants to fucking live? Who, Who fucking, fucking wants, wants to, to die? die? You might hear it that. It could be a country song. You might hear that. Get Toby, <laughs> get Toby Keith to sing it. Fuck. Who fucking wants to live? Who fucking wants to die? Oh, it's who wants to fucking live. Yeah, yeah fucking wants to die. I saw something weird today. I was walking home through, like, I live in quite a dense inner city area. And one of the alleys, I take different alleys and stuff home just to mix up my walk and stuff, right? Just smoking ciggy, blowing it out. And I walked on the footpath past, you know, a window open. It was quite warm. And it appears to be a dentist studio, but right next to the kind of laneway, the concrete, with the window right open. And I blew my smoke out and I went right into the office. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> there was someone back in their teeth, like about a meter away from me on this little, like, no, no kind of front garden or anything, just straight into the building. Just blowing, and your smoke yeah, blowing in smoke into that fucking into the dental, the dental operation. It was really weird. I'm not going to go to that dentist, but um, they got <clears throat> they should have good air conditioning, but it still would be a bit disconcerting, you'd reckon. And uh, also in the area, I got my car service by like this elderly guy, and he had a good no, not elderly, but older guy, and he had a good term. He called me up and like you know, leaving a message for me saying I need to come up with something quickly, or like you need to talk to me quickly. He's like, oh hey Chris, it's Gary. Give me a call back. Helicopter. Meaning quick. I heard him say it a few times. Once I'm the supplier guy. Helicopter. means quick. It's pretty high cost. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so, helicopters are a running theme of our show tonight, really. <laughs> the circle of the rotor blade sort of represents the Buddhist concept of samsara. <laughs> I feel like Ray Liotta. Yeah? Goodfellas. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, watching out for choppers. Look, looking out the front windscreen. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, that heritage shit, I was thinking, having the Scottish blood and everything, Mm -hmm. I think I finally figured it out, and all I'm really looking for is a girl who can play the bagpipe. Oh! (laughs) Fuck. She's going to know who wears the kilt in that relationship. (laughs) 
Fuck. I mean, there was a big historical thing of where the kind of tenant farmers of Scotland got pushed out by landlords consolidating their property, and they called it the enclosure movement. But that, I think the enclosure might be a reference to some, <laughs> some sexy kind of Scottish last thing. The enclosure <laughs> movement. I think that's what it was all about. <coughs> Playing the bagpipes. Oh, back in um, back in late high school, right? Yeah, I had this uh, this maths teacher. Mm-hmm. this like I don't know maybe like five five foot three Asian man yeah probably about you know 60 kilos if yeah. that does his name start with the letter E yeah and it ends in that letter too <laughs> yeah and um basically and I'm not saying I wasn't the like you know I was as bipolar as any other person growing up so sure. I had a lot of a uh, moments and everything i'm not saying i was like the nicest kid to teach sure time. i understand yeah but as a teacher and from an adult perspective now you kind of do have a position of responsibility to children a lot of the time right yeah and this motherfucker right yeah he said to me when i was in like uh the fi- <laughs> final year of high school when yeah. you're like preparing for your exams and shit yeah and I'm not even sure if it was warranted at the time it well could have been warranted on any other given time when maybe I was doing some shit like I shouldn't have been doing and he interrupted me, but I don't even think that yeah. on this one there was a real good reason. And he snapped at me and he like, cause I was talking to some shit and he was like, Ian, you're not failing maths. You're failing life. One could argue that that is coming from a responsible position. He's <laughs> uttering some hard home truths and shit. <laughs> You know, you know I, have, I haven't used any of his wisdom one day for the rest of my fucking life. You remember and that? And this motherfucker had the gall to say some <laughs> shit like that to a 17-year-old fucking kid, you know? Like, you, you fucking little fucked up faggot man, like... I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's that's not the way to teach, man. I'd rather cop the book in the back of their head and then have have them actually try and teach you something rather than just giving you some really intellectual way of telling you you're a fucking failure or whatever. I don't know. I think that's... It was so defeatist. He didn't offer to help. He just told me, like, you're not failing mass, you're failing life, and then just walked away. Yeah. Well, what were you doing? I don't know, might have been talking to my neighbor or some yeah. shit when he was talking. I can't me. come from a high horse. In math class, where I used to sit with a few other friends, one of whom we mentioned already <laughs> on the show tonight. And it was this weird inversion. You know how the bad kids were usually at the back? We were right up next to his desk, right? In the front. <laughs> so he'd spend the class out the back helping the serious students, right? <laughs> and we'd slowly, oh, I guess I can say this, is he had a little box of like math tools and pens and stuff, mm-hmm. but mainly small ones. We'd just throughout the course... <laughs> <laughs> the fucking lesson just gradually take things from there and throw it out the second story window or whatever <laughs> and just deplete it every fucking class like there was some like nerdy kid who sat up near the window and he just sort of tolerated after a while the fact that he'd see like a, an eraser or like shit like that come flying out the window and I don't know I can't whose like, who's responsibility is that like, yeah but was, that was you I didn't do that to this fucking this mass teacher no but I'm saying but <laughs> what were you doing you might have been you might have been doing something similar no. Yeah? No, I wasn't destroying any of his property. It was because I failed my my exam. Yeah, well... <laughs> you're not just failing you, you, math. You're reading this now? Yeah. You're not just failing math, you're failing yeah. life. That's some fucking good encouragement, right? That's a pretty dope line. <laughs> but, like, as as aggressive and and 
able to snap at even my friends as I was in high school, right? Mm. That teacher's lucky he didn't get fucking socked out, you know what mm. I mean? Mm. Like, I'm, he's lucky I, will, I was a pussy. <laughs> or, like, was aware of the consequences enough that I didn't didn't take drastic actions to the point where I punch people in the face at school and shit like that. Why don't you track him down and beat him up? <laughs> like I said, it had no bearing on the, the rest of my life, but I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, that is some fucking constructive criticism. Hmm. I know what you mean. They have these weird little memories at the time. One from second grade. <laughs> I remember, for instance, we had this class <clears throat> where it was painting a silhouette of another person. Um, and, you know, there was just, yeah, painting it. And I was in always in a composite class of two and three. And a teacher once said to me in profile, they're like, oh, you've got really big, nice eyebrows. They're, they're quite feminine. <laughs> no, eyelids. Eyelids. Sorry, eyelids. And that's always stuck with me. Weird. It's so, last summer, I found out where she was, burned her house down. <laughs> no more nightmares. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck that teacher I was talking about is either. I guess we'll just have to leave it a mystery. Yep. Pleading the fifth, F-I-F. <laughs> fuck. Damn. Well, that's <laughs> life, man, I guess. <laughs> Such is life. Just like um, I used to be quite, quite disgusting with my saliva, right? <laughs> to a certain extent, like I, I would like salivate <coughs> a lot when I'd smoke cigarettes, and it became like I would spit way too much and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking gross. It was pretty gross in hindsight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I didn't really care because I'm like, fuck, whatever. It spit at the yeah. time, you know, this dirty little kid. Yeah, they are. I, I wouldn't make these uh, puddles on the ground the way that I used to. Now, <laughs> it was pretty fucking gross. But anyway. I digress. I uh, had a, had some times where I'm not sure if the, I was sick or there was whatever reason, but I was in my room and maybe I was smoking, smacking bellies and mm. um, had to spit. And I had like a can I'd been spitting in, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'd been spitting in a decent bit. There's quite a lot of spit in there. And one of my friends that would always come around used to always do this shit like, because like, I'm not sure if I wouldn't get him a drink or I'd have a drink and he'd come around and then... So, like, one of his running things would be he'd always steal my drink off me and drink, like, a bunch of my drink, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So, I came around with a bunch, we're having a smoke this night or whatever, and then he sees the can, and I'd be really good with this shit usually, like, Mm -hmm. because I'd probably be embarrassed that I have a can of spit or something, right? Sure. And I'd, like, put it down or, like, put it somewhere out of view, but I had this can of spit sitting up on my table, like, amongst the billy and all this shit. And, like, I'm, like, at a cone, and, like, then when I'm having a cone, I think he, like, ah, like, went and, like, got my drink and, like, had, went to have a sip. And then I, I was a cunt, and I admitted it to him afterwards at some point. I'm not sure if it was years afterwards, but as, as the can was hitting his lips, all of it went through my head in this millisecond, like, yeah. oh, my God, like, what's about to happen? Yeah. This guy's going to drink this bit. That is totally yeah. fucked, man. And then yep. this part of me went like, oh, but he's trying to steal your drink. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> I, I let it happen. <laughs> he, like, almost vomited and shit in my room, and, like, drinking my spittoon and shit. And, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm, like, laughing my ass off and almost being sick myself and Well, shit. that feeling like, was just, it's weird because it was like, you just surrendering to fate kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was her. so bad. Though. Like, I should have I fucking got it off him. It hot, like you know, like because it was pretty dirty, but it was just like that. That I didn't have any more time after mm. that. That 
even just the thought of me being like, oh, maybe I should let him drink it, that was the decision kind of thing. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it's all over. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, years later, I'm not sure, probably years later, also in one of my other gross phases or whatever, right? Mm. I probably, either when I was doing a lot of bodybuilding, <laughs> bodybuilding, working out a lot and sure. having to drink a lot of water, etc. I'm like, we'd have to wake up in the middle of the night to take pisses and shit like that. And like, <laughs> I'd piss in a few cans, right? <laughs> and <laughs> I had this can of piss sitting in my room that I'd forgotten about. And I think it was like, it was, it was in something like iced tea or sure. it was like in something that like looked suitable, right? Yeah. And I forgot about it the next day. And then like, I'd, I'd had like a fat mouthful of like rancid piss that had been sitting there for like a day or so. Or like Jesus, two check days. your drinks. And then, and then like, was like vomiting up spit and shit in my fucking room and stuff all over my own shirt. So, like, just like coughing and like, had this like, oh no. It, that was my comeuppance, you know, like it Fuck. was like... And I thought I was bad fucking... Karma took fucking years to come around, but... I thought I was bad taking off the fly screen and occasionally having a little slash out yeah. my bedroom window into the pond below. Oh, dude, I've come a long way. Like, I've, I have been... I have been. How far? Three metres? Four yeah. metres? It's been fucking ten days since I jerked off in a tree. <laughs> Fuck, I walked out of my house the other morning and there's a tree, like a sort of paper bark type tree right out the front. It just made me think of it. And there was sort of a child sort of Kmart type long sleeve shirt, just sort of with a coat hanger, but thrown up against the crook, like the hollow of the tree. And it was such a weird thing to see first thing in the morning. Ah, for, for a second, I was like, is that a kid in the tree? Like stuck to the tree? And it, it's been there for a day or two now. I don't want to go anywhere near it. It's fucking spooky, man. <laughs> So that, that is pretty fucked. It's just a reminder that ghosts walk among us, amongst the fiber optic cables and the fucking cogs in the wall. <laughs> you might want to get one of those um, phone apps that tells you where all the predators are. Tells you where the ghosts are and shit, too. No, the child predators. <laughs> <laughs> is there one of those? Someone might be um, doing a bit of kitty trolling out yeah. in town. Megan's app, I think it's called. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Amber app. <laughs> Fuck, the Amber app. So yeah, don't piss in fucking cans and shit like that because you'll <laughs> end up drinking it, trust me. That's true. Um, do you know apparently fucking the hidden secret of going to war is that heaps of guys get fucking boners? Boners? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mad raging erections. Yeah. You've, have you watched... Um, A war, war erection. What's that one by the guy that made The Wire? Uh, Schindler's List that was pretty hot Generation Kill yeah, yeah no I haven't seen that yeah, yeah you should watch that it's pretty dope there's mm. plenty about war burners in that yeah they're always trying to get out their jerk, jerks and stuff driving and it's an adrenaline thing as yeah. well though they're driving and listening to fucking bodies by drowning pool and shit just yeah. like we had to pump up with some Limp biscuit before the show you know but when when the dudes get in the shit though that is a common reaction yeah. it's like adrenaline boners yeah it's like <laughs> too bad there's nothing to fucking Iraq huh? <laughs> that would be nightmare Jesus no wonder they don't want to get back in there. They're like, can't we invade a nice temperate country? Maybe I just have an overdeveloped adrenal gland. I think we all do. This is this modern mass. <laughs> it's this modern mass psychosis. <laughs> but seriously, the amount of stimulation that we get from like random sources, we're fucking conditioned to watch out for pumas and hunt shit and fucking think intelligently about how to plan for the future. And now you can just sort of post up and chill. And Cones is always walking around with a 24-7 rager. Yeah, that's true. It just won't go down. <laughs> 
I blame it on modern mass society psychosis again, but really. <laughs> and the internet. It's just I'm at war with myself in my head the whole time. It's a constant <laughs> introverted war burner, I suppose. That's the other name, my new band. Constant introverted war burner. Even just war burner. <laughs> That's hardcore. Fuck. Yeah. This place is a creative playground. <laughs> we should be in Silicon Valley. <laughs> You've been watching that, yeah? It's yeah, been pretty good. good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> hey, what do you think of this? I was reading recently about... Okay, like, especially in a city like ours, right? A lot of people like a lot of uh, big glossy views, new houses that go up for lots of views. Everyone's all about the views. Um, and it's sort of become a received wisdom. Like, wow, there's even some show on that lifestyle channel called Buying the View, whose central hook of each thing is revealing the view of like some shitty lakefront condo in Toronto or whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Dutch, for instance, I also got this when I was reading about the works, that they never put really, because of the climate's different and everything, they never had light really to like look at the amazing views because it was all just flat. So the windows would be up higher and the architecture is mainly just for letting light in and they consider these big open things to be quite sinister and then looked at that and I, I thought the same because I was driving up here looking at Barangaroo, that big new office building and just like plate glass the whole way through. The middle floors are fucking all lit up like Christmas and shit with absolutely nothing on them. Like just empty floors and it just looks so fucking sinister. <laughs> so I think views, like working in there or looking out of it, it's sort of... Just just check your views. That's all I'm saying, really. That's the moral of the story. Do you want... Anything you look at can look back at you. Just remember that. Yeah, it'd be a good... Um, I like those sort of open floor bits. It'd, they'd be good in movies for like an action scene where it just gets rained bullets in there. Yeah, but that would make me... I wouldn't want to live there because I'd be constantly picturing like face-off shootout and stuff in his, <laughs> his loft apartment where they all shoot out and stuff and puts the headphones on the kid. I couldn't deal with that sort of stuff. It'd be just too much tension. I was listening to this awesome classic um, Patrice O'Neill on and Opie and Anthony, mm. right? And they were talking about face-off and Jimmy Norton just like ruined it for for Patrice and kind of kind of shat on the movie a bit for me as well i can't i still i still like it and mm. I'll, I'll watch it and i'm sure i'll enjoy it but fuck i watched they, they it, tore it apart so bad. i watched i watched it about a month ago it was still entertaining <laughs> the fucking hand rubbing shit down the face yeah that was one of the main things that jimmy was shitting up yeah that's cool i like it it's pretty fresh it's tweaked <laughs> Uh, just on a random side note as well. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't it, sir. Um, oh, I can't remember which cannibal it was talking, but I've heard a couple of times now from different cannibals I've seen interviewed, right? Sure. Or from different people talking about different cannibals that apparently human flesh tastes like strong pork. Yeah, I've heard right? that, yeah. Right? Yep. I've heard that. Well, what... D does that then imply anything about... Us being... Not being allowed to eat pork in certain religions, such as, like, Jewish and Islam, because it's a throwback to the time when we were more animalistic when we just had to eat anything and we're just like, yeah, and just like eat people and shit. And then it's like, I see your point. Then you start eating pork and you're like, oh shit, this tastes like the, the forbidden fucking human shit you're not supposed to eat. 
I'll say, I'd say that, but then again, the cultures that eat pork are the cultures that have advanced the furthest as well, too. <laughs> like, civilizationally. So, so that's the other side of it. So you've got to be willing to eat your fellow man, all right? And then you're going to go, go big places. But in an ethical way, with minimal, like, man-spreading on the train and stuff, you know? <laughs> Fuck. You go to the Big Apple and eat an Adam's Apple. I've heard horse meat's quite disgusting. I haven't eaten it. It's really sweet, apparently. That yeah. would remind me of eating humans. I don't think I've had horse. Well, not knowingly, because yeah. apparently burgers. Yeah, you probably had, probably had a little bit of horse. <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> yeah, I thought that was food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, well, do you have anything else? Hmm... <clears throat> okay so basically in back in high school in probably year 10 sort of thing so mm-hmm. 16 15 16 probably 16 uh i lined up to go to our sem is it a formal a year 10 formal or yeah. something right so and like i have never been like real real great with the ladies and stuff right mm. And I managed somehow, there was this girl that I worked with at McDonald's that I really liked, right? Mm. And I was like super attracted to, like blonde, angelic looking kind of girl, like pretty mm. tall and like, yeah, I was into it, right? And then I was, I was pretty pussified until I was like 29, right? <laughs> so, so back then, back then it was probably even to a less extent, I went through sort of this whole wave thing, mm. like it was an aggressive bipolar psychotic little mm. kid or whatever but really nice most of the time mm-hmm. and then went through getting more and more pussified and now i'm sort of back to trying to be a dude again right sure but this girl i managed to invite her to to the formal in this weird way like i ended up going on holiday on the friday going up to the gold coast mm. with my family and it was sort of like the last day that i was going to be able to ask her to the formal because I was going to be away Mm -hmm. and I went past work and she wasn't there and I thought she was going to be working she wasn't I was Mm. like oh I was all cut about it right Mm. so I rang one of my friends and got him to go there the next day and ask Mm. her to the formal for me and shit Mm -hmm. right so it all got sorted out and it was like oh shit I was all like Mm. heaps stoked and it all lined up and like formal comes around the next week and Mm. go to the I think I we picked her up like my brother drove me and mm. we picked her up and he dropped me to the prees and we had some drinks beforehand mm. at this other guy's place in Chatswood right mm. <clears throat> so so we have some drinks there and it's all going all cool and shit and I was, <laughs> I was pretty like probably you could almost say egomaniacal sure back, back in high school everyone is at that age of it, yeah. I think and so like as much as I had, like, my dream girl there and stuff, it still was about trying to get fucked up with your friends as well. Like, you want everything, you know what I mean? So, got, like, a bit tipsy at the pre's and stuff and went to the the formal and it was, like, a really good time. And then we were in, all into breakdancing and shit back then. Sure. We used to try and practice a bit at lunchtime and shit. And, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this breakdancing at the formal. And I, I always sucked, right? <laughs> like, pretty... I'm pretty coordinated at sports, but like dancing and shit like that, I'm I'm way too like I think all the time, so it always comes out like I'm trying to do a move or something, you know? It's like looks shit. So 
my main shtick was that I ended up getting really good at doing suicides in breakdancing, which is where you just like slam on your back and like, you know, do a forward flip and just land on your back and people are like, what the fuck? Like, how do you not get hurt when you're doing this shit that looks like you're hurting yourself? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And it's basically like that shit in Lawrence of Arabia where he's got his hand on the candle and it's like, you know, like, how do you do that shit without hurting yourself? And sure. it's like, well, you know, you just, just get gonna, in the zone. Fuck. You just get a... Yeah, it's not that it doesn't hurt you just have to jackass your way through it what's the line it's like it's not that it doesn't hurt you just have to not mind it's not minding that it it's hurts. not minding yeah. that it <laughs> so, it, in practice it was always on carpet and shit but then at this wall it was like all oh, this hard floor and all these people doing breakdancing moves and shit and then i would get tagged in come mm-hmm. in and just forward flip onto my back or something right? nice. the next day i had all these i had like bruised heels i'd sure. never had that before i'm like what the fuck Fucked myself up breakdancing, right? So it was a good night. Yeah. And like, we're like, oh, I had drinks throughout the night. I think people had, like, you know, smuggled their drinks in and shit. It's pretty loose, like, I don't know. We had a group, a, a year group that was just, like, you know, into it. And it ended up that we even had one of the guys that was selling drugs in our year um, arrange the after party, right? Mm-hmm. So it was an after party at a legitimate club in Redfern sure, cool. <laughs> after the year 10 formal with a bunch of 16 year olds yeah, right no. yeah <laughs> we all go to this club <laughs> and like we're all like yeah, people yeah. have got all their own alcohol and shit yeah. i think some people are even trying to like just buying shit at the bar and because the club's been hired out by the store like, oh, like, oh, yeah. oh, they're just selling okay, shit okay yeah, yeah you can go yeah. just like full on yeah but I didn't. We di- I didn't do any pingers. I wasn't heaps into pingers and shit back then. And I don't think we were doing anything else because I was sort of with this girl there, just drinking. And then at the after party, I had my hash pipe there and shit, right? Mm-hmm. And had some had some some weed that I oh, brought. And, this all takes me back. Fuck. And a whole bunch of people and shit had brought weed. The smell stuff. of semi formals and hash pipes. And it was it was great. It was great. It was sitting there in this club. I'm blazing pipes and shit. Like the girls, like a bit tipsy, having a good time said my dancing was cool like which she definitely did not have to say because i in hindsight what like i might might have like done that i'm a break dancer thing moving sure. around you know moving yeah around just posing a little bit yeah, Why not? yeah doing the move around the circle thing dude, and then well bam like yeah. do a handstand dude. and then like skyscraper fall you don't have to back. justify it to me it's like that and that's the way it is i know what you mean so, <laughs> so yeah. it, was, it was wild we're at this thing, smoking fucking hash pipes at yeah. a bar. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then a good my date is like, oh, oh, cool. Do you reckon like I can have some and stuff? And sure. I'm like, oh, I was a bit like tentative. Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know what it's like, grass and beer and the glee, a bit yeah. and grass and you know, yeah. like the yeah, old yeah. saying and yeah. shit. Trying to be like good about it. Like, oh, no, I've done it before and stuff, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, give her, give her a pipe and stuff. She has like a quarter of a pipe. And then goes to the bathroom in like five minutes or something, right? Yep. And then like having a good time for a while and shit. And then I realise after twenty minutes, or like you know, half an hour, I could see my date or whatever. Sure. Oh, this is fucking cracked. And um, and the whole night I should have been like putting time into trying to like sit there and get to know this girl that I was like really like. Sure. But it was, I was like such a dumbass that it was just about the formal night. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's gonna be this fucking crazy mm. night, and you know. So that was dumb in hindsight, but then this shit's fucked up. So I go up to the girl's bathroom, I'm like yelling this girl's name um, to see if she's in there and then like probably walk in and there's like another girl at the sink and then uh, like getting all these dirty looks from being in the chick's bathroom and stuff and then like 
finally figure out that she's in this like one of one of only two cubicles or something. The other sure. one's empty, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a small club em- in Redfern, yeah. Pretty empty bathroom. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, like sort of start talking to her. Like, Ooh. are you all right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I just feel a bit sick. And like, da, da, da. she's like talking all like kind of space cadet. And I'm like, this This feels like a bit wrong. Like, she's telling me she's fine, but she sounds like so, so fucked, right? Yeah. So I cracked the cubicle a bit and, like, looked through the cubicle. And she was talking to me basically with crossed eyes looking up towards the ceiling, but mm. in no general direction, yeah. right? Sitting on the floor next to the toilet, facing the same way that the toilet faces kind of thing, like, you know, out mm. from the wall. And just like talking, talking to me, looking into space with her arms wrapped around her knees, like mm. in a ball on the floor. And I'm just like, oh, this is fucked. And then <laughs> eventually got her out of there. And she comes downstairs. I'm like, oh, fuck, like I'll take you, take you home. I'll get like, call my brother and like, we'll go home and I'll take you mm-hmm. home and stuff. And then she's like, no, 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 I don't want to ruin your night and like all this shit, right? And repeats that stuff a few times because I kept being like, oh, I think I should take you home, right? Sure. And then after like a few times, it was like, okay, she's adamant that she doesn't want me to take her home. Like even mm-hmm. like to the extent that I think she's kind of bullshitting me that it's about me having a good time. I think she just doesn't want to go home because she's sure. so fucked up, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll give her that. And then she's like, oh yeah, but you keep having fun and shit, right? Mm. So I keep... Like, go away, try and, like, have fun and shit, and then, like, oh, go and check on my date and stuff. And then, like, at some point, she's just sitting on the wall, and then, like, I go back after a bit, and then there's, like, a dude, like, hitting on my date who's, like, out of it, sitting against the wall. I'm just like, this is fucked. And then eventually take her home. And even at, like, probably 11.30 or maybe 1, I can't remember which one it was, Mm. end up getting her home. And I was too shit scared to even walk her to the door. And mm. as she walked across the road to her house, I stood up on the outside of the old four-wheel drive we had yeah. and said, bye, waving from the roof of the car, like, see you later. And it was like, oh, my God. And, like, yeah, it was just the most fumbling, fucked-up mess of a night when it's like you were going going to the, you know, to the prom with your dream girl oh. and all this kind of shit. It just ended up being the biggest fuck up of a night not that i ended up getting so trashed that i got like fucked out or anything but it's just like i kind of it kind of got ruined in that sense i tried to do everything right tried to like take her home early tried to protect her from these scumbags hitting on her and stuff and then after that skip to a year later i invited another girl from from macca's right that i worked with from that same the date factory from that same school Mm -hmm. as that girl that went with me to the previous one because i don't think she would go with me the next time right i know i can't and i invited one of the other girls that was friends with her and for ages leading up to it like in the weeks leading up to like she's like oh i've got a surprise i've got a surprise right and then on the night of the formal the surprise was that she was bringing her friend, right? Yeah. And it was another chick. So I ended up being like this pimp and taking two dates to my semi-formal in year 11. But it always kind of cut me on the inside because I knew that she was bringing her friend because she was sus of going to the formal with me that next year. Because, you know, like as much as it was my date's fault that she got so fucked (laughs) at my formal and blah, 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 I could have probably tried to avoid that happening or made it more about me and the date, you know what I mean? Rather than getting fucked up well, at the s- formal. 
but the yeah. fact that it ended up getting seeming like they needed protection to go on this yeah. this next one with me the next year that that kind of cut me inside a bit well because obviously she spun it her way to her friends or whatever. Like, oh. the only words that can really sum it up the words of a wise man that you're not just a failure at math you're a failure at life yeah i think that's agreed yeah um you fucking piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> no i mean we've we've all been there but you know thanks hillary fuck as justin trudeau says 2016 (laughs) because it's 2016 um so where is she now that's all i ask where is she now i don't know yeah dust in the wind i heard she fell off son (laughs) so yeah if you're gonna take a girl to your formal you should fuck her first (laughs) don't wait i waited to pull the trigger Never wait to pull and the trigger. Ended up having to kick it to the curb when we got home. Last <laughs> words. Seriously, I don't. I don't. I really don't get. I don't get the perspective. Women. Yeah. Of like. I I kind of feel it. Stop get, overthinking it. No, but just I kind of get it. how you could spin it. how I could be the bad guy in that story. I kind of get it. But like, what does it matter now? It's so long ago. No, but I'm just trying to think. Like, how how did that get spun in this way that it's like, oh. I don't know if you should or you need you need someone to go with you to make sure. Like, do they think I drugged my pot or something? Like, maybe it's just girls looking out for each other. Yeah. You're overthinking it, I think. Yeah. I don't know, man. It ended up looking good for me because I had two chicks at the thing, but sure. I knew what was really going on, and it just cut me the whole night. I couldn't have fun. But see, there you're still thinking about. You said you were getting involved in the formal thing, it being a formal thing. Perhaps yeah. you're more concerned about being the pimp at the formal kind of thing. No, no, I wasn't. I didn't even know I was having two girls end up being there. Yeah, but I'm saying that you, when once you got that pimp status, you were reveling more in your pimp status than to attending to the concerns and needs of your two dates. Oh no, I. <laughs> No, it's like I wasn't um I wasn't concerned with their needs from the moment that I found out that two of them were coming that year. You know what I mean? Cuz that Not was really. I felt insulted immediately. I could like I could read exactly exactly what that meant, you know? It wasn't like, ooh, cuz like she, the girl was playing it up like it was going to be this big surprise. Mm. And then finally, I'm like, oh, no, you got to tell me what's happening. Oh, I'm bringing someone else, but it's going to be a surprise who it is. And then I held on to maybe it was going to be the girl from the year before mm. was going to come with her yeah. so that I could like have a second chance or something. Sure. And then it wasn't. It was just this other other girl from Maccas that was from their school as well. Hmm. well I so it was it was like obviously a bodyguard kind of thing <laughs> and as soon as as soon as it was like that i was just like okay you girls have fun you know the first year i was a lot more invested in it it's just i didn't know how to do it properly so that's on me a lot but the second year it's like as soon as that happened it was just like Haha, i've got two chicks here have fun i'm gonna drink beers I think we ended up stealing beers from the hard rock ca- cafe from the taps just leaning over and filling up our own shit well, I don't know. I guess we can, I guess we can wrap it up after that. I don't know. I guess it's just a bit of an insight yeah. into why I'm such a misogynist cunt. Yeah. Oh, that's nicely appreciated. You say what we're all thinking, though. <laughs> um, I guess we'll... Can I read something to finish off? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Is it about the bitches fucking with me? No, it's not, no, it's not about the bitches. <laughs> I'm reading from an actual book. I don't know what sort of books you think I read. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, angry video game book. This is from The Bitches Fucking With Me by Albert Poe. Yeah. No, this is from... Uh, here we go. At last we anchored within the cove. We found the little basin occupied by many large ships and surrounded by warehouses. In the evening I walked through the town and returned full of admiration of the whole scene. It's a most magnificent testimony to the power of the British nation. Here, in less promising country, scores of years have done many times more than the equal number of centuries have done, affected in South America. Upon seeing more of the town afterwards, perhaps my admiration fell a little, but yet it is a fine town. That's Charles Darwin writing about Sydney in 1834. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty Darwinian. It's pretty Darwinian, exactly. And that's where we're coming to you live from, home of the Black Hawks, home of the, the prosperous convict settlement. He goes on to talk about, like, seeing what's un-British is seeing, like, all these men in chains, like, chain gangs and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that would look weird. But they're all gone now. Or they're pushing trolleys down at the IGA. So. And that's, that's all I have to say on that. And that's the Cones and Doe Show.